Hi everyone, I hope you're all well. I'm really excited today because I'm actually going to meet somebody that I've never met before. I invited her to come and have virtual tea with me because I'm a big fan of her and the show she does. The show is Dragon's Den, which I'm sure you all know, and it's the gorgeous Deborah Meaden. Deborah Meaden, hello. Hello. I'm so excited. I've been excited all day. My daughter was so excited that I was going to talk to you. Oh, that's good. Because we're both huge Dragon's Den fans, along with probably the rest of the country, I'm sure. So I was thrilled that you said you'd have even virtual tea with me. Talking of which, are you a tea drinker? Well, I am actually. Well, I prefer coffee, but I also know that coffee isn't terribly good for me. So I, 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 my first cup in the morning is a cup of tea. And what type? What type of tea? Like builder's tea or builder builder's tea? Yeah. You should don't need to mess around with any tea, <laughs> do you? I mean, just good old builder's tea. The only thing is, I've just started. I've gone plant based, so I've just I've had to get used to oat milk in my tea. Uh, and that took oh. some perseverance. Of all the things I persevered on in my life, that was probably one of the toughest. Yeah, actually, I just made some tea about half an hour ago and I was out of milk. And I've got some almond milk that I use on my cereal because it's lovely on cereal, but it don't work. It doesn't work in tea. It was absolutely Not the same. Disgusting. Not the same. Not the same. So, no, so I'd, I, that, that went down the drain. But anyway, thank you for coming in. To talk to me it's absolutely lovely no well thank you for inviting me because I genuinely you know I, I I've got to the stage in life where I do the things that I want to do as opposed to feel I have to do here, so here. there we go I'm, I'm I definitely where this came in oh yes please I'd really love to have a chat oh that's so sweet well thank you no I agree with you it's funny that isn't it because when I was young um, number one I was really insecure and shy and I always thought, I can't say no, I can't say, I've got to do this because it'll upset people. And then you get to an age where you think, hold on a minute, <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm Life work- is too short. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to work with night. We've all worked with horrible people. I haven't worked with too many horrible ones, but there's been a few. And you get to the point where you think, I'm just going to work with people I like. Absolutely. So tell me, how has the last 18 months been for you? Um, I, I feel slightly guilty because um, I've actually found it for me, for me. I mean, I spend a lot of time traveling. I spend a lot of time um, away from home. But of course, I've had a forced, um, that's the wrong word. But, I, you know, I've, I've been at home for more than I've ever been. I've been around my animals and my husband, obviously not in that order. Um, but, uh, but no, I've, I've managed. I've, I know. I don't. I know. I won't. I will not tell him when this goes out. Um, but, but I've been grounded. My, you know, my feet are on the ground. It's it's been. It's you know. I've I've rather enjoyed it. But I also do get that guilty twinge of thinking, yeah, but I'm lucky. I've got space. I've got animals. I've got a rhythm to my life. Um, you know, I'm not sitting in a tiny yeah. flat in, in in a city centre somewhere. I know. I, 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 you and me too. I mean, when when the first lockdown ha- happened, we'd actually just exchanged on a place in Sussex with a garden, and um, so we spent you know the last year there rather than anywhere else. And and then you do feel a bit guilty because then you think of people as you say in one bedroom flats with no garden. 
and and it, it must have been so hard for everybody. But um, how, what animals have you got? Oh, <laughs> at the moment, I I, I tend to. <laughs> I, I have. I must have a reputation for rescue. I know. I have horses get tied up at the end of my drive. So at the moment, I have seven horses, uh, three oh rescue sheep, um, four dogs, two cats, and a lot of birds. Some rescue expatriate hens and rescue guinea fowl. And Aww. you know, and people ring me and say, you know, have you got any room? And then I look around and think, well, I can hardly say no. So and they know I've got room. So yeah, so I've got. Lots oh, of you're a, you're a soft touch, Deborah. Don't tell anybody. You're not <laughs> a soft touch on um, Dragon's Den, though. You can be you can be quite tough. Is that hard? I often think. Oh God, you know, d- do some people come on and really annoy you? <laughs> well, do you know, I'm really glad you used the word tough because I am. I can be tough. I'm not hard, and I, I make a big distinction amongst no. that. You know, of course I've got a heart. Of course I feel the same thing as everybody else feels. But actually in the den, it is a business program. And I, I'm not doing anybody any favours if I treat it as a charity. You know, I, I think sometimes it's much kinder to tell people, stop it. You know, mm. please don't do this. Don't waste your life on this. Don't spend money on this. Don't risk your house on this. That's right. You know, so so I think that's the kindest thing to do. You know, listen, Twiggy, I could, I could, I could be, you know, I could, I could be the lovely, soft, smiley one who just says lovely things. But I don't think that's kind. Yeah. I think you've got to be honest. No, I think you're right. I I did a three year stint on America's Next Top Model. I mean, totally different thing, but it was these young girls with huge dreams and and I said up front to Tyra Banks who who ran the show I'd love to do it I'd love to be a judge and I I can't come on and be the horrible one because I was one of those young girls once (laughs) and I know at that tender age of 16 17 18 you know the dreams are huge but I but I will be truthful and but I'll be kind and and I actually think you are you are pretty kind because there's well, some I, I on think, your panel that get, aren't, but you are kind and you tell the truth. And, you know, sometimes they are a bit silly, aren't they? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I hope I'm kind, but you're, you're right. Sometimes you actually get somebody you think, actually, you're not hearing me. The only way I'm going to get you to hear me is to, you know, th- theoretically slap you around the face, back face with a wet fish. You know, I mean, it's just, you're just not getting it. So that's, that's what I was that's when I get a little bit testy, I think. And I'm like, oh, for goodness sake, listen. You know. Have you ever, I was thinking yesterday, have you ever passed on something and then about a week or month later think I should have invested in that or found out that it did really well? Or has there been anything that's kind of you've regretted not investing in? So I'm not, I'm not a regret. I'm not a regret kind of girl. I, um, I think I give it my all. You know, if I want something, I will absolutely go for it. I will make an offer that I think is fair. And I won't go beyond what I think is fair because I think that sets up really difficult relationships. It, you know, this, this is the Dragon's Den is the beginning. If you get an offer on Dragon's Den, that's the start, not the end. So you've got to imagine working with these people. You've got to strike the right deal for both parties. Um, so if I don't win a deal, then I, you know, then so be it. And you know what, Twiggy, honestly, genuinely, if I hear I passed on something and they've gone on and made millions, well, bloody good on, you know, good. 
Oh, good. good. That's a yeah, great exactly. reason to be wrong. Isn't that a great reason to be wrong? You know, isn't that absolutely? Isn't that, that's absolutely. not bad news. So no, I, I'm not a, I'm not a regret kind of girl. Good. No, I'm not actually. No, I'm not at all. And you, you guys all seem to really get on, do you? <laughs> <laughs> You Which don't ones have to are you tell talking me about? Tales out of school, but you. See... <laughs> no. Oh, go on, dish the uh, dirt. No. Go on, go no, on. No, we joking. do G- genuinely. So we go out every night when we're filming. We're at, we go out every night for dinner. Yeah. Um, and it's fair to say that some I would call my friends. I like them all. Yeah. I respect them all. Yeah. I admire them all. But some, you know what life's like. Some people you just gel with, and other people you like, but you don't. They don't stick. So, and Peter and I have gone, you know, we go back a long way. We've, we've done it. We've, we, we've done Dragons for a long time. And I've made some, you know, Sarah Willingham, um, Nick from Moonpig. You know, I've made some real friends in, in the den. Um, and Sarah, the lovely Sarah, who joined us a couple of years ago. Because how many seasons have you done now? 17. Oh, my goodness. Because you weren't in it right at the beginning, were you? I wasn't. I'm, I, so I joined Series 3. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's a that's a that's a long time. I can't believe it's been on that long. That's amazing. No, no. And when I joined, I honestly thought that I would it would be. I thought I'd give it a go. And if I like it, I'll do it more. But if you'd said to me I'd be doing it seventeen series later, I mean, you know, staggering. Wow. But it is it's a blooming good show, isn't it? I mean, I don't know whether you probably don't watch it, but. Um... It's, it's, it's so... I do. Well, it's... It, oh, you do watch it sometimes. I do watch it. I do watch it. I watch it because I find it interesting because when you're in the den, mm-hmm. I'm sitting this side of the chair and I'm concentrating really hard, not just on the entrepreneur, but what's going on either side of me. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm really interested. And also some of those pictures take up to three hours. So I'm very interested to see which bits they pull out which bits they edit and I also I also like them to know that I I like I like the edit team to know that I watch it because I just like them to you know because I've got to to be fair they're brilliant they they, you know they manage to take three hours and turn it into 10 minutes and it's still the pitch but every now and then it's just not being quite you know I think I didn't feel like that then don't don't make me look grumpy you know and I'll just (laughs) let the edit I'll just let the edit team know I watched that last night and that look that wasn't the right look (laughs) oh that's hysterical I can't believe so so the actual show takes about three hours to record does it well so we record um we'll see about eight pitch no no six six seven or eight pitches during a day and uh, some of the, I mean, the longest I've been, the longest I've been in is three and a half hours and the shortest has been 11 minutes. Amazing. They were, they were in and out. <laughs> they, that, that's as long as it takes for them to present their pitch and all of the dragons to go, I out. <laughs> so did you, I, I read in your biography, because I did, I did my, my, research that you always wanted to be a businesswoman even as a kind of young girl is that true yeah I I, I'm fiercely always have been fiercely independent and I think I knew very early on I wanted to do my own thing I've always wanted to do my own thing I was probably a really annoying child to be honest (laughs) and I could see that having my own business yeah 
um, was was going to be a good way of doing that. You know, I, that, that I could control my life. So yeah, I don't think I ever imagined that I was going to work to have a job. I never thought that. I always thought, no, I'm going to have my own business. That's quite extraordinary, actually. At that, how I mean, we're talking what 10, 11, 12, that sort of age. Well, kind of forever. I don't know when it wow. started because it wasn't. I didn't sort of go from thinking I'll be a doctor to thinking I'll be a. You know, I'll have my own business. I just, oh, I was always playing business. You know, I was always setting up shop or, you know. Is that, I mean, your your family ran a big business, right? The holiday, um, was it a holiday business your, your parents ran? Yeah, but that was later. So I'm talking, oh, okay. in, my early, in my early days, my mum actually had a really tough time. She was, she divorced when she was 22. She had two children and she divorced. And that's tough. Oh my and she, she, yeah, yeah, hard. And she went out and worked her blinking socks off to build a wow. safe and good life for us. Um, and I think as part of that, you know, she was always thinking about new ideas. And so I think business just kind of got into our DNA. So, yeah, so when I was small and thinking I wanted to be in business, you know, there was certainly no example. It wasn't because I was surrounded by big business, but I was surrounded by a mum, a very resourceful mum. And was she the one who, who started the um, the holiday, was it Holiday Homes or something, a holiday park? Yeah, that's much later, much, much later. So Much so, later, uh, but it was she, your mum? Yeah. Well, no, by then she'd married and, and she and my father. Okay. Um, set up the holiday parks yeah oh i see which you then ended up taking over but you that's when you your first business is i read that you had a, a ceramics business that you imported beautiful ceramics I and did, sold them I to did. very posh shops like harvey nicks and things that's amazing and you were 19 right yeah but to be honest it wasn't that amazing i had an ex-boyfriend had gone over to italy and I was, I'd been, I'd worked a summer in Minehead in Butlins. And I just thought, if I don't change my life, my life ain't changing. So I, I, I'm, I'm, move, I'm going. So I went off to Italy, followed him, ran out of money and then thought, oh dear, I need to, I need to do something now because I need to get some money. So I convinced these four beautiful businesses that I should represent their products back in the UK and bless them. I think they must have been mildly startled by my confidence because I didn't really know I couldn't do this. I just thought that's what people did. And they and they agreed, <laughs> bless them. <laughs> that's amazing. And so but how did you know how did you know how to do that? I mean, you know, 19's really young to did you then come back and start calling department stores and and I mean because there was no it was this is pre-internet and all that, wasn't it? It was, but I, what I know, I, so the first thing I did was I went to an exhibition called Top Drawer, which is still running. And Top Drawer mm-hmm. is, you know, it's pretty creme de la creme, lovely things. Um, and so I'd always, I'd had that in my mind. You know, I'd seen the products and I thought, oh, that's a Top Drawer type thing. So, I, so, so my first thing was to exhibit in Top Drawer. And then, of course, all these contacts came around. And, and you know, before I knew it, they place their orders. And then before I knew it, they stopped placing their orders um, because my lovely Italian friends had um, decided to sell direct to them and cut me out. But hey, no, that's it. Oh, yeah, but that's, gosh. you know, <laughs> that was an early lesson. Years ago in the late 60s, the first clothing range I ever did of my own. And I worked with a company 
and we did it for two years and we were doing really well you know there were twiggy dresses teenage clothes and I worked I had a design team and I loved it and then one day we found out I went into a back room to look for something <laughs> and I found my dresses with different labels on they didn't have twiggy labels on and what they were doing they <laughs> we found out they were selling they were taking the orders and only putting my label in a third of the dresses so that the other lot, which were my dresses, we weren't getting the commission on. I mean, and we, oh. we, we caught them red-handed. We left, obviously, but yeah. that was my, yeah. my first. And I was so green. I mean, I didn't. I, I, I couldn't believe somebody could be that, no. that kind of cruel and, you know, because they, they were earning, you know, mean. Mean. Well, they were earning money any, anyway. Yeah. And dishonest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dis- well, everything, everything wrong. <laughs> I know, everything. We're like your guys in Italy, unbelievable. So after that, that horrible learning spree about your Italians, what did you do then? Um, then I came back and I always get, you know, I am actually a terrible interviewee because I always get the orders wrong. You ought to interview my sister. My, my sister remembers everything. And I, every time I come off talking to somebody, I'll go out and say, oh, did you talk about so-and-so? And I'm like, oh, no, I completely forgot that. <laughs> I need her. You need to interview me and my sister. <laughs> All right. We'll do another um, one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I I think then I came back, I had a uh, Stefanel, which was, a, do, you, do you remember Stefanel? Yes, I do. Undies, right? Beautiful undies. Yeah. Well, no, no. Uh, well, clothes. Uh, so it was a bit like Benetton, a bit like Benetton. But, but didn't they do sleepwear and beautiful kind of? I thought that was Stefanel. Maybe I've got no. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Was, yeah, no. Mainly it was mainly outerwear, but it was like Benetton. They, I think they're still still going. But I I came and and again. So so the Italian business. You know, I I just decided. I can't fight this. You know, life is too short. Yeah. I don't have the money. I, I don't really have the time to fight these giants. I might as well just find the next yeah. thing. But in Italy, I'd seen Stefanel. Okay. And then, and I'd seen a Stefanel, I'd seen a Stefanel shop in Knightsbridge. And I literally just walked in and said, where's head office? Are you doing franchises? And they said, well, this is head office downstairs in the basement. Mm-hmm. And yes, we are doing franchises. And the managing director's here if you want to talk to him. Wow. <laughs> Um, so that was, yeah, that was my next business. So I was one of the first uh, franchisees, Stefano franchise in the Your UK. Your chutzpah is wonderful. I love that you you just went for it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's not amazing, though. It's funny, isn't it? Your life your life isn't amazing, is it? Your life is your life. You know, you kind of, I, 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 look, at, I look at you, I look at other people and think, oh my, that is amazing, you know, that is amazing. But when you, when it's what you do, it's just <laughs> when you're what living, you've done. When you're living it. Yeah, no. it's just what you've done. That's right. Yeah. During this period of lockdown, the last lot, what, could you film? Yes. Yes. We, um, we, in fact, we've got one in the can. We're ahead of the game. And that comes out, on, well, probably come out sometime in the new year. So, yeah, we're, 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 and actually, if you think about dragons. You're quite spaced. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you have been able to film during the last lockdown. But before that, when we couldn't go out, when it was all hor- really horrible, did you 
Did you start? I've talked to lots of people who took up completely new things that they never had time to do. Have you? Did you do anything new? Did you learn anything? Did you fulfil a dream? <laughs> so I. Um, so for me, um, the, it, the pattern went when we first went into lockdown. I had nineteen businesses in absolute panic. Um, <gasps> You know, I what, do we, what do we do? Um, and oh my god, yeah. So, so I was actually really, although I was at home, I was really busy. I bet you were because no, nobody knew. You know that I couldn't. I, I, I didn't know what the answer was. Um, and then we went into this sort of. Um, all right, now we understand. This is what we need to do. And then we then we went into right coming out of this. What are we going to look like on the other side? So I actually got really quite busy during lockdown. Um, so I didn't really, you know, I, but, and actually I feel really lucky for that because the, it meant the ry- rhythm of my life, although I wasn't traveling, I was actually pretty much doing what I always do with more interaction with my businesses because we were constantly talking. And they ne- they needed your help. Uh, and reassurance, I think. You know, I, I think more than anything else, they just needed me to say, guys, everybody is going through the same. You know, we, we've we got a plan. We'll get through this. It'll be fine. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but I did. I did. I am. T- I would, you know, you, you never. The thing I would love to do, I would love to be able to draw. I would love to be able to draw. I'd love to. Oh, and I um and I had invested in this business called Masterpiece that does mindful art. Oh, it's brilliant, and it does lessons online. So the artists, you you sort of get a kit, and the artist then online oh. teaches you how to how to paint. And uh, and I took that up, and and I'm rubbish. <laughs> I'm I'm genuinely rubbish, um, but I love it. I absolutely love it. I you know it's I. I yeah, I, so yes, I did. But that's the wonderful that. thing about art. You know, it, it's a wonderful kind of way to express yourself. I mean, I do it. I don't do it. I, I, I draw a little bit, but my big thing is sewing. And it's the same sort of thing. You know, you get your fabric. I put my music on. I've got my, my sewing. Actually, my husband really laughed last. It's my birthday this month. And he said, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, oh, a new sewing machine. And he really... <laughs> really laughed but for me because my old one had gone a bit funny but he just thought it was hysterical that I wanted a new sewing machine it is funny because I was talking to my sister yesterday about a sewing machine because she would be desperate I can't sew either and I would love to be able to sew the things I've thought if only I could use a sewing machine I could make that or do that you know the for the house or cushions (laughs) or whatever and I am I can't even thread the damn I mean talk about not very competent with my with my hands, you know. It's really not very good. But uh, but I mean, again, those yeah. are the things I want to do. You know, I want to I want to be able to sew, yeah. and I want to be able to paint, and I want to be able. To, you know. Well, I I could give you sewing lessons, that's for sure. Ah. Ah. <laughs> but um, but but actually, that's what I did. I mean, I did when you know the lockdown happened and we locked ourselves away in Sussex. I I did do a lot of sewing, which was great because we had a new house. So I was making curtains and cushion covers and. And it was lovely. Put my music on and float away with my sewing machine. <laughs> lovely. So is the house done now? Yeah, basically. Yeah, because it's been, what, a year, year and four months now. And we were very lucky because the people we bought from had just done a kind of, a year before had done a lot of re, repainting and in order to sell, I suppose. So there wasn't major, major work to be done, thank goodness. 
I mean, we've done that in the past, but <laughs> we we would have done it if we had to, but we were very glad we didn't. Yeah. It's just a little bit. So it was decorating mainly, so that was nice. And what about the garden? Was the garden in a good shape? The garden's very beautiful and bigger than we've had before. I'm not a gardener at all. I love I love gardens, but I'm I, I'm not a gardener. <laughs> but my husband Lee, he he's he really got into gardening until he had to have his knee operation yeah. so he's been very frustrated the last few months but he, he, you know he's getting back to it now but um it just was a bit overgrown let's put it that way so we've had to kind of pare it back to see but we've got some beautiful trees in there we've got a fig tree oh. and a mulberry tree oh. amazing oh i love mulberries really have you tasted fashion. your mulberries yet oh my goodness they are unbelievable <laughs> i know I don't understand. I don't understand why everybody doesn't love mulberries. I don't understand why that, you know. Who it's doesn't not so... like mulberries? Do some well, people I... not like them? Well, a lot of people don't know about them. You know, I, I show no. them my tree and it's like this magic fruit that they've never, you know, from the Garden oh, of Eden they've mul- never have you, yeah. have you got a mulberry yeah. tree? Yeah. Well, have you made mulberry jam? Oh, no. It's a baby. Ours is 200 years old, they think. It's really old. Oh, lovely. It's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we inherited it, obviously. And last year, because we had to have it trimmed because it was, uh, we had the mulberry tree specialist round <laughs> and he said it needs a trim, but you have to have a special person to do it because they're protected quite rightly. So last year we had l- so many mulberries and I picked those and my daughter said, oh, mum, you should make mulberry jam. So I picked them, but I never, ever got to make them. I kept eating them instead. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's even better that's mulberry jam with that sugar yeah that's very true this year uh there weren't so many because it was trimmed so i'll wait till Uh, next year and i'm uh, i've never made have you ever made jam i've never made jam no, I, I, I don't even, I haven't, I've never cooked a meal. <laughs> That's another what? thing I'm not very good at, never cooked a meal. You've never no. cooked a meal? Never cooked a meal. Oh, no, but, I see, I love cooking, but I've never yeah, made jam. Yeah. Who no, cooks? My, Paul, my husband, is a fantastic cook and he loves it. So there's, you know, there's no argument because he wants to cook. I don't want to cook and I'm rubbish and he wants to cook and he's brilliant. So there we go. Um, division of duties. Now per- I've never cooked a meal. Perfect pairing. Mm. Um, I saw on your uh, website this beautiful um, fashion line you got involved with, Hope and oh. Ivy. Oh, yeah. Aren't they yeah. gorgeous? Uh, they how, are. how did that come about? How did you meet them? Well, that, again, that's Dragon's Den. Um, oh, was so that the, Dragon's Den? Yeah, I, Dragon's I obviously Den. didn't yeah. see that one. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Yeah. They're got And it's two girls, right? Well, women. Yeah, and so talented. You know, you, you some people when I get involved in them with their with with their businesses, honestly, Twiggy, some people don't deserve it. You know, you think you 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 you're you're not prepared to put the work in. You don't really have the talent. You know, there's yeah. nothing that means that you really deserve this business. It's rare, but it has happened. Those girls are brilliant. You know, they're smart. They, they so they're. Um, Sarah's a designer, so she physically designs all the fabrics and the and the dresses. And you know, they're just a, they're just a great team. They've got design, and then they've got business, and they're just, they're just no, they're brilliant. I, I love them. So, so when you saw them, and they they wanted investment because they needed 
to get more into the manufacturing or they needed money to grow? Is that is that how? Because I didn't see their episode. So I think on dragons, very rarely is it just the money because actually you can usually get the money. You can probably... I probably had a better valuation somewhere else because dragons expect a better valuation because, of course, we can add different value that that other people can't. So I think what they were particularly interested in is how how do they turn from this small niche um, business into, you know, an established brand. So, uh, you know, and, and if you're in the fashion industry and you, you know your thing, but you don't necessarily know business, um, yes. then that's where I think a dragon can come in. You know, I, I don't pretend, you know, they, they know their industry way better than I do. Um, but, but I was able to bring in people and contacts who could help them. Yeah, because I, listen, I, a lot of my old, old friends who aren't with us anymore, sadly, they, back in the late 60s, early 70s, there was a, an amazing designer called Bill Gibb. I don't know whether you remember know, his Bill, name. Absolutely, absolutely. A genius. I mean, when everyone was still in mini skirts and, you know, that kind of late 60s thing, he was designing these beautiful kind of Renaissance dresses. They were exquisite. And actually, there's still a few that he made for me that are still in the V&A because they're works of art. But that man, and he was gorgeous, he was Scottish, he was gorgeous, so brilliant. Never made a dime. He was always ripped off. He 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 never had any money. He never he all he but his genius was designing and and designing the fabric and design and he'd get them made, but he never managed to get involved with the right people. Yeah, because he was he was so talented, so so talented. Do you know? And it's it is a crime. I mean, I personally think I'm I. I would say this, wouldn't I? I think I'm a very good investor for somebody because I care. I'm not making my, uh, this. I'm not doing this to make my millions. I'm doing this because I love to see businesses that that deserve it to do well. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that, so that's my thing. But it's, it's, it's heartbreaking sometimes to watch mm. how vulnerable people attract mm-hmm. absolutely the wrong type of investors or the wrong yeah. people around them who can who can sniff it out they can think oh we've got a vulnerable one here i can you know i can get in there and make myself indispensable to them yeah. you know and 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 i run a mile from those people but it is heartbreaking you know it's just you've got to be it so is. careful with your but investor. it's very hard it's it's very hard to know you know people like being and it, you know it happened to me way back then yeah. you know yeah. i was this little young girl who happened to have this thing happen to her and became very, very famous, very, very young. So we had them, you know, banging the door down. And it's scary because I didn't, you know, I was 17, 18 years old. What did I know? And the people we ended up going into business with seemed very nice and were very nice, but obviously had a bit of a a crooked streak as well, you know, which... Yeah. I was so shocked yeah. at because I'd never known anything like that. No, it's very no. hard. No, and and also um, you probably because I'm actually inclined to be the same. I trust people until I learn not to trust them. You know, I, I, I think yeah. I hope I've got as I've got older, I've got a better nose for it. You know, I can think. Oh, yeah. I've seen you before. I'm not. I'm really not interested. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but. You know, you, you. I want to trust people. I don't want to be cynical. I want to feel like 
listen, I trust you, you know, let me down. And I tell you that it's over. But, but you know, I, I'm going to assume that you're a good person and you want to do the right thing. Yeah, because there are good people out there, aren't there? You know, we've over the years. And as, as you say, as you get older, you kind of, you can smell people out really, can't you? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> as, as my mum used to say, you'll live and learn. <laughs> we've, all, we've all had the ups and downs of that. Um, you're passionate, I know, about animals, as I am, I have to say. And actually, you do a lot of work with the Dogs Trust, which I have over the years. They're a lovely charity. Aren't they? Have you got dogs? Have you got pets? you got dogs? I haven't. I did in the past, but for the last, well, until we got our place in Sussex, we, we live in a, a mansion flat on the third floor. So I didn't think, it, we had cats, uh, but she's, the last one is long gone now. But I do love dogs and I had them as a kid and I had them in my 20s. but. Um, but I think the Dogs Trust just do such lovely work and they're such nice charity. Yeah. And my sister, my younger sister, so there's four girls. So four Gail's girls. older than me and then four girls. And uh, and Emma actually does all of the, um, she, so she works voluntarily for the Dogs Trust and she does all of, she answers all oh. the letters, you know. Yeah, she answers all the letters. So if you read the magazine, that's my sister's the letter editor yeah. there on a yeah, voluntary well, basis. I think, well, whether she was there then, but oh, about 15, 10, 12 years ago, I did a, an ad for them. You know, they asked if I'd do it. And, um, and I said, absolutely, because they're, they're, they're really a nice company. And I also work with the Greyhound Trust. Yeah. And, and they're lovely yeah. too. Because, you know, the poor yeah. Greyhounds are without the greyhound trust well they they wouldn't they'd all be put down it's terrible really so i i I try and help them when i can yeah i know what other charities are you you on board with so i'm a trustee of a charity called tusk that um Mm -hmm. sounds like an elephant charity but actually it's a it's an african wildlife um but it tries Mm -hmm. to it tries to um empower communities to conserve their wildlife. So, you know, try to make animals worth more alive than than dead. And they do that by raising funds in the UK, but actually getting project partners in Africa. Um, And and they're a lovely, a really lovely charity. So I'm involved with them. Uh, Cats Protection, Marine Conservation Society, Marine Conservation Society, because I think what we do to our seas and oceans is well, it's going to be our demise yeah. if we don't get our act together on, them, I know. on that. Well, um, it's happy. unfortunately, it's happening already. And, mm. But thank God for these sort of charities and, you know, and, and, and the planet ones and, yeah. and David Attenborough, God bless him, <laughs> because, you know, we've got to wake up soon and yeah. do something yeah. about it. Well, I think his series, the you know, his latest series, I think really... It was the turning point. I think people suddenly thought, oh, my goodness, because he's always been very gentle about the environment and and, and actually hasn't yeah. really tackled yeah. it particularly strongly until later on. And so I think when he did, it was even more powerful. You know, it's, it's, it's all right. People like me yeah. have been ranting about it for years, you know, but I'm just like, there she goes again, yeah. ranting on about the planet. Whereas when David Attenborough said it, it was like, whoa. Yeah, but you, no, you're right, because and the animal thing and everything, everyone said, oh, they're a bit soft and you know 20 years ago oh yeah oh yeah with twiggy just like the animal you know oh the play yeah, yeah. they d- but what's interesting to me is that you see now 
lots of young kids on TV, you know, seven and eight and nine-year-olds are very into what's happening with the planet and I'm, presumably they're getting taught these things at school. But they're really onto it, aren't they? Well, they are, and they're our hope, really, aren't they? You know, and because I actually think that it's not just that it'll be that generation that lives it, eats it, and breathes it. I think they're converting the older generation. You know, a lot of parents yep. are being told by their children, oh, you can't do that because, you know, which is yep. fantastic. You know, it's being driven because usually it's the older generation driving the you know, no, the narrative, right. but actually it's the younger people now saying, stop it, you're you're ruining my world, you know, which is fantastic. It is fantastic. And then that, that lovely girl, I can't remember her surname, Gre- Greta. Greta, yeah, Greta Thun- Thunberg. Yeah, 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 unbelievable. Well, thank goodness for people like her. Whereabouts did you grow up? Did you grow up in London? No, I was born in Taunton and very oh. quickly moved to Essex and then moved back to Somerset. So I moved around because my mother was just going where the work was. You know, she was just taking opportunities. So we moved around quite oh, a lot when yeah. we were small. So, yeah, all over. What's your happiest memory place kind of? Was it Essex or Somerset or...? Well, I think it's very Devon. telling that I've settled. I've settled in Somerset, so I think that's very telling. Okay. You know, I think, um, yeah, I think I feel I feel at home in Somerset. I think it's, um, I quite like its balance. It's not Cornwall and Devon are lovely, but they're very, very touristy. And I was working for a long time in the tourist industry, oh, so yeah. living there is is sort of you know, busman's holiday. So, um, but Somerset's countryside, but it's slightly out. Sussex, I had a lovely time. I went to Brighton. College. I had an mm. absolute. Well, when I would say I went to Brighton College, I actually theoretically went to Brighton College. But what I meant is, I spent a lot of time in Brighton having an absolute ball <laughs> and not really going to college. <laughs> so, so I love Sussex. I wonder how many people who went to uni and college would actually admit that they had much more fun in the town than at the college. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually got into trouble. I had to have something like seventy percent attendance to um, to get my marks, and I got seventy point one percent attendance. I was in I was in a bit of trouble, but hey ho, <laughs> still had a ball. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? <laughs> oh, there's loads we could talk about, but I think we probably need to. Yeah, we probably need to do. Let's do strictly because that's very current, isn't it? What was it like? Um, I I loved it. You have you have you ever thought about doing it? They ask me every year. No, I always say no. I bet they do. <laughs> I bet they do. I, that's why I asked you. <laughs> I'm not as brave as um, you. No, absolutely loved it. It must be tough, though. I mean, listen. 
in the eighties, I I did a bro- I did a Broadway show where we we danced. We ta- it was tap dancing, but it's a killer dancing. And I always take my hat off to anyone who can go in who's never been a dancer. That's hard. That's really hard graft. Did you hurt anything? <laughs> I, well, yeah, we all hurt stuff. You know, I, I honestly felt like anybody who complains about hurting on Strictly is like, yeah, everybody hurts on Strictly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I, but I have to say, it wasn't the hard work. I loved the. I lo- I couldn't sleep. I couldn't wait to get up in the morning I and bet. start dancing. I just absolutely loved it. The thing for me was I spent my entire time permanently bewildered, which is not really what in my, you know, it's not what I do in life. Cause I just, I just, I it was really strange for me not to be in control of the room. It's just like, Robbie, what do I do next? You know, it was, no, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. That's, who was your, who was your partner? The very lovely Robin Windsor, who was, he's not on Strictly oh. anymore, but he was, he was, he was, and we're friends, you know, in fact, I, I, I got a text from him a couple of days ago, so we, we've stayed friends, really good friends. That's nice. Well, it's been so lovely to meet you at last. I, I'm so happy you agreed to have tea with me. <laughs> well, I'm very chuffed that you invited me, so I've had a lovely time. Thank you. Lovely. Well, um, hopefully we'll meet in person one day. Hope so. Hope so. Wow, what a really interesting lady she is. And all the things she's done. I mean, to have that insight into business at such a young age, it's incredible. And she's done such incredible things over the years. And she's a really nice lady. And uh, I hope I get to meet her in person very soon. Anyway, thanks for listening and I'll see you soon. Bye. If this is your first time listening to Tea with Twiggy, please do remember to tell your friends. You can also subscribe for free on your podcast app and listen to all my previous guests. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. just heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts.